0: You know, the, the, that's the, the big question. It's always really fun when I walk in and people go, are you the fat pastor? And I'm like, what did you call me?
1: Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Well, welcome back to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Today, I am in Yakima. I am sitting across the table from Sean Niles, known as the Fat Pastor. Sean, I'm going to stop right there and go, (laughs) I'm looking at you. Doesn't quite match, so tell us. How'd you get
0: the moniker? You know the the that's the the big question. It's always really fun when I walk in and people go, Are you the fat pastor? And I'm like, What did you call me? <laughs> um and their their face is great. Um but <laughs> I love it. The uh um the whole thing started, you know, I was, I was I've been into food for a long time and it's been mostly a hobby for me for most of my life. Um, and so I was wanting to do a food blog and I'm like, what can I come up with? It'd be fun. And, and just kind of brainstorming a bunch of ideas. I was like, oh, the fat pastor, that'd be fun. Um, of course, it, you know, starts giving you pictures of Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. And wrong, wrong one, but, you know, right. close, very close. <laughs> and so it just kind of stuck and and uh, it seems to be a fun way for people to recognize who we are and what we're doing, and, and that's kind of where it began. Fat equals flavor. Um, we talk about that all the time. So you want to get the best flavor out of your food, you're going to make use of the fat. So that best, you know, that that crispy bite of steak, you know, and it's got the fat on the end and they cooked favorite. it just right. There's nothing wrong with that. So
1: <laughs> you, so this started, the name came about because of a food ball. Right? Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. yep. So, you're about page, Let me repeat some of this stuff to you. Sure. This will be news to you. You've never heard this before. <laughs> but you seem to have this thing for Thanksgiving because it connected you with yeah. your
0: dad. Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
1: So the way my brain works is the other 364 days of the year, did you not cook at all? Or how did you? Yeah, that's a great question.
0: No, I, you know, it really, it wasn't a lot in the kitchen with my dad. And I think that's why it was so special. Um, He had a few things that he made really, really well. He came from a family of of cooks. My grandma and my grandpa were both cooks. Um, And so he didn't do it for a living. He did it for fun. But he had a few, just a couple things that he really liked, loved to make. Um, And Thanksgiving was the most time that I could spend with him that I could always guarantee we'd be in the kitchen together. Okay. Um, so I'd wake up super early, run in and he'd be stuffing the turkey and I'm like, what can I do? That's cool. So yeah. how old were you when you started that? Gosh, I remember being really young. I would guess probably five or six when that really wow, kicked so in. Really for me. kicked yeah. in. Okay. Yep. So what other
1: dishes did your dad make that were kind of his go tos? Yeah.
0: So simple stuff. So he made a phenomenal pizza. You know, I still I don't know if I'll ever have it again. I don't I don't think I ever watched exactly what he did to make it. OK. Um, but pizza, he did this thing called a hobo hobo stew okay. um, where he'd take all the meat and wrap it up in vegetables. and He would throw it on the grill, you know, and it was phenomenal. It was excellent. Um, gosh, what else did he do? You know, growing up, I remember having steak a lot. It was just a cheap cut of steak. He'd buy it. At the he would season it, throw it on the grill. He loved to grill meat. Um, And it wasn't like he cooked it, you know, it wasn't the best chef in the world. It was just that, that, that was the place where I felt like I was really able to connect. My dad was a lot older when I was born. So being in his fifties, we didn't, you know, we weren't in the backyard running around or playing catch, you know, and doing that stuff. But uh, we'd go fishing and we'd make food in the kitchen together, you know,
1: that's cool. Now you grew up in Yakima area.
0: Yeah. Yep. And then you, did you leave after high school? So I stayed around for probably, I think, a year after high school. And then I moved to uh, the East Coast, went to New Jersey, met my wife, um, worked at a couple churches there. That's what oh, I've done most of my life is church okay. ministry. Um, and so worked in a couple churches there. We got married, moved to Hawaii. Um, and this really, for me, is all about the fruit food journey, right? Because right. like I'm moving out of Yakima where there's no good, you know, exciting restaurants. It's all small town. A um, couple really cool things here and there that have come and gone over the years. Um, But really not a lot of opportunities. So I moved to the East Coast and I'm like, this is everything. And so my mind is being blown. I moved in with an Indian lady who would make curries and naan and all this amazing food every night. My mother-in-law's from the, the Caribbean. So she's teaching me Caribbean food, Trinidad food. Okay. Um, and so I'm learning all these things, not thinking this is ever going to benefit me, other than you know this is just fun. Right. I um, Moved to Hawaii, same thing. People love to share their knowledge of food, so people are cooking for us all the time, and we're learning all these incredible flavors that we've never had before. So, so, so what's interesting
1: to me is you know I'll call Yakima a small town,
0: yeah. Because when you were growing up, it was smaller than
1: it is now. So we'll call it a small town. A lot of people that I know that come from small towns or, you know limited backgrounds. Yeah. They never they're never adventuresome. Sure. Uh, uh, steak and potatoes, burger and fries. Pepperoni pizza, and here you're telling me yeah. you're you're checking out Indian food yep. and and in Caribbean food and in Asian cuisine. I admire your your, your willingness
0: to to <laughs> to explore things. I love it.
1: So you you moved to Hawaii and then you ended up back in Yakima.
0: Yeah, so my father actually passed away while we were living in Hawaii. And so it's like I need to be closer to family. We felt really, really far away. Um, so we moved back probably a year after he passed. So we've been back since 2006. Okay. Um, and yeah, you know, coming back from Hawaii, it was, you know, being on an Island where you're not making a lot of money. It wasn't like we were, you know, living the life. Um, well we're you're working, surfing, you know, surfing all the time, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Spear fishing and all that's jumping <laughs> so, off a of cliff. Yeah. Or, uh, what, what, you know, what's, a luau's every night. Exactly. For di- yeah, right, okay. right, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we, um, you know, we came back and, Jumped back into church and that sort of thing. Did that for a while. But still, I mean, it's just for me, I've always found the most joy cooking for people. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting around a table. And for me, that was like really fun ministry is when I had to bring people to my house and cook for them. Okay. And you get to know people better, too. Sure.
1: Food's a great connector.
0: Yep. I know we should be eating right now, right? <laughs> yeah, we're sitting here. <laughs>
1: um, what led up to you deciding to go on or, uh, you know, audition for yeah. a TV cooking show what 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 was the conversations like how did that because you just didn't go you know I'm gonna go audition today
0: sure yeah so what was that yeah. process like for you you know I've been a fan of Gordon Ramsay for a long time I loved Hell's Kitchen love watching MasterChef and all of that and so I had written down a on a bucket list probably in 2009 um I said before I die I want to cook for Gordon Ramsay and so my wife and I actually were writing on a bunch of things so that was just one of the things on my list okay And so i shared that with some family and friends and 2015, my niece, um, she writes me on or she texts me and she goes, hey, they're having auditions for MasterChef in Portland this weekend, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, and she's like, we need to come audition. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good, you know, and it was like all of a sudden it was like rubber meets the road, right? Um, and she's like, no, you said you've always wanted to do this, you need to do this. And so I called one of my buddies. I said, you want to run down to Portland with me? Let's do this. And so that's, that's kind of how it came about. Just a phone call from my niece saying, Hey, they're doing it this weekend. So what was the audition like? Audition process was really interesting. So you've got a ton of people, um, something about my application stood out to him. So they had called me and they said, Hey, show up at this time. Um, Cause we're going to get you in with like the second group that goes. Okay. And so I go in with about 30 people of just that set. There's people doing this all weekend long. Right. And so thousands of people, I think that year they said 38,000 people tried out. Um, and so that, so just in Portland, my group's going all weekend long. And so we go in um, with the second group and they put us in front of, you know, a, a a bunch of producers and some food critics and things like that. So there's about 30 of us in the room. We start pulling out our stuff. You can't cook anything on site. You just have to bring it ready to go. And then you plate it. So you want to make it look good, right? Okay. Um, So they start walking around the room and they start trying everybody's food and they're asking you questions and trying to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, We get done and they go back up and they're like, okay, if we call your number, stick around. And they called my number and one other person. Um, And so it was like the two of us there. Um, We go into a room. um, They tell us that we're going to meet with some more people. I didn't know we were meeting with the creators of the show. uh, But they take us into the room with who we would later find out were the creators of the show. And they start grilling us and asking us a bunch of food questions. What chefs do we know? What kind of, you know, food terminology, trying to gauge kind of what our knowledge is. Um, So we go through that and they do the same thing. There had been several people that they picked to go in there for that. Same thing outside. They're like, hey, if we call your name, stick around. And so they called my name and one other person again and said, we want you to come back for an on-screen interview. So came back the next day for the interview Um, over the course of the next like six months. It was a long process. Had to go through a psychology evaluation, had to do a blood test, had to do all all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, And finally got the call that said, come down to uh, to L.A. We want you down here for the uh, top 80. And then from the top 80, they would pick the top 40 that would go on the show.
1: Okay. I've got lots of questions. Yeah, on. I know. Uh, it's I, a lot. Yeah. First off, what did you plate that first? that What yeah, did you bring? What yeah. did you plate?
0: So that was my signature dish. That's still the dish that I love cooking more than anything else. So I did a porchetta and so porchetta, I discovered this back in Italy in 2012. And so I, when I had it there on the streets, I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to learn how to make this. Um, And so I came back, bought a smoker, uh, went through the whole process of trying to learn how to do that. So it's basically a pork loin. It's butterflied, stuffed with all kinds of goodness. So you got your sage, you got your parsley, you got your garlic, you got all the good stuff. You got a good rub that goes on the outside. You take the pork belly, wrap it around the pork loin, and then smoke that or roast that. Um, And uh, it's incredible. So mine was sliced with... Um, we did a hazelnut gremolata and then a lemon caper aioli. So that was the dish with some Brussels sprouts on the side. So
1: did you prepare that all here in Yakima and take it to Portland or did you were you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we basically I had prepared it the night before. OK. Um, and then had some friends over to test it, see if it was any good. And then We got up <laughs> really early the next morning so we could be there by eight. So drove to oh, wow. Portland to get there by eight um and then just kind of waited in line everybody's bringing in coolers or hot boxes you know things that they can keep their food as as warm as you can right um but you know ultimately and they know you're not having food that's cooked right there on the spot sure so you're doing the very best you can to give them the best bite knowing that it's not just right hot out of the oven okay so
1: the other question I have out of all that you just shared was the psychology test. Is yeah, that because yeah. Gordon's persona is that he's not a particularly nice guy. Yeah, you have yeah. to, can you stand up to him?
0: I think that's the whole thing. I think they want to make sure they don't have people who are o- overtly crazy. Cause if you watch <laughs> the show, you know, you do have some crazy people. So, so not overtly crazy. They don't want anybody stabbing anybody. Um, and then the other side, I think is exactly what you just said. You okay. want to make sure you have people who can handle it. Cause I mean, he's not playing around. I had a great experience, but not everybody down there. Now. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. So now you're down to LA. Yeah. What happened? I mean, yeah. I mean, the reason I'm asking you these questions is I had a guest on earlier in the, in the series, mm-hmm. um, young kid. Okay. So she was in the kids version. Oh yeah. 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 And you know, was it, um, Sadie, Sadie. Yeah. yeah, Sadie. yeah. Okay. I've and, talked to her and her mom a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're wonderful. Yep. And Sadie, you know, shared her garden experience. Uh-huh. Kind of like, I think yours is going to be, a. Uh, He's interesting, mm-hmm. but there's all. But he was very kind too. I mean, in yeah, other words, I yeah. think I want to say I've never met the man. I don't think he exists like he does on television, twenty four seven. Sure, sure. At least, I hope not. Yeah. Um. But he's demanding. He expects that you give your best, yep. and he he wants you to challenge yourself. And I think yeah, I think we all can benefit from that type of relationship. Yep. So what happened? So you got 80 people down in L.A. Yeah. now. what did they make you do?
0: Yes. I mean, and it's exactly what you said. Like he's he's exists to push you and to create a show. But ultimately, I think he really is invested in people's success. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to make it look really crazy in the process. But I think that's the truth. Um, So we get down there and the first week it's all about us, you know, getting in the kitchen with the producers, cooking our food, and then they're kind of testing to see what our personalities are going to be like pitting us against each other, seeing how we respond, um, creating drama, right? And seeing if we're good at creating drama. So a couple of us, we kind of figured that out early on. We're like, this is probably what's happening, so let's give them a show. Okay. And so we just had fun. And so buddies of mine that, we, that we, you know, of course you're making friends when you're down there, but we'd be in the kitchen together and we're like, let's, let's have some fun. And so we'll start screaming at each other, you know, and start going off and creating drama. And immediately you got the producers who are there. They're wanting to know what's going on and they're asking you questions. They're trying to, you know, create more drama. And so we're like, let's give it to them, you know, let's have fun. And so then we're high-fiving each other and hugging afterwards, you know, because we know we just get a great show. You know, it looks like we're going to kill each other right um and so it was really fun it really was a lot of fun it was very stressful um we never knew when we were going to get called to uh to get up and you know go downstairs and be ready to to jump on the bus to go to the studio um it was uh we were tired worn out you know getting up at three o'clock in the morning to get ready and then not knowing when they're not when they're going to knock on the door and say let's go um, it was a lot. It really was a lot. There were definitely some days um, where I would go from cooking, then into an interview. And I felt like my interview was crap. You know, <laughs> and I'm just like, I just really blew that because I was so tired, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went through that week of top 80 competing and, and really just kind of not really competing, but just getting to know each right. other. Um, and then all of a sudden they, they call us down um, and they're like, hey, if we call your name, go to this side and if we call your name, go to the other side. Um, and so we don't know what group we're going to be in. Right. And so like my name was called first. And so I get up and I go to that room and um, I'm like, who knows what's going to go on? You know, and there's right. 40 of us that are in there and we're looking around and getting to know, you know, everybody that, that I had, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, this is a good group. And pretty soon they walked in and they're like, Hey, you guys made it. You're going to be on the show. So, um, so the, the top 40 had to compete for top 20, but we at least knew we were going to be on, on TV. So, so then
1: did you come home between that or did you start filming at
0: that we point? We started filming almost right away. So, so, so how yeah, long how long was this process for you? For me, it was two weeks. So I was okay. there for two weeks. That's not that um, bad. It was a week of trying out and then a week of filming those battles. Okay. I'm um, hot, man. Gosh, they normally film in like the you know January, February, and we were filming in July or excuse me in August. But where it, dry it was heat? like crazy. Oh man, yeah. No, <laughs> it was uh, it was insane. And so being outside in the heat, it was it was nuts. Okay. But, yeah. So what's a takeaway from all of this for you? Like, yeah,
1: what. I want to ask you two questions. Yeah. Your best takeaway and your least favorite. Aspect. I'll say yeah. your worst. You know what? What was
0: the best thing about doing this? I think just the uh, the the worst part of that was being away from my family, not having any contact, not being able to connect with them while I was gone. Because Is
1: they, um, they
0: isolate you. Don't absolutely. It? Yeah. yeah, it's very isolated. It's being in. A, it's like being in a really nice jail. Um, so <laughs> uh, where they take good care of you, at least. But um, but uh, so I'm there with my uh, you know with my friends, but you know I can't talk to my family. They actually you know one of the the whole mental pieces. They didn't tell me that they were flying down. My wife and my son to be there when I competed and oh. so they kind of walk out of said it's this big dramatic moment and I lose it you know they, they didn't show most of that on TV but oh. um, but yeah it was very mental at that point so I'm like oh gosh my family's here now I gotta go cook you know um, so that, those kind of things were definitely tough uh-huh but I made some of the most incredible friends in fact my competitor who beat me. Has become one of my best friends in the world. She comes up to Yakima at least once a year. And where's we she? We cook out of, together. Where? She's out in Nashville. Okay. Um, so Yeshika Yashika is incredible. So, okay. Yeah. Yep. So what was your biggest takeaway from it? Like, you know, yeah. hearing Gordon being in the kitchen, um, there were a lot of things that happened that, of course, they didn't show. And so you've got things taking place that were just really, really fun. Um, really nerve wracking, you know, all of those things, they only got, you know, it's a 30 minute process and they're going to show th- 10 minutes of it. Maybe. Right. right yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had ended up while we were cooking, they, uh, they asked Yashika if she would sing, cause she was a pastor as well. And so she starts singing amazing grace. So I come in on the harmony with her and we're belting out amazing grace in front of Arone, Gordon and Christina. And. Aaron Aron is wiping tears from his eyes by the time we're done. Wow. And they didn't show any of that, but that was an amazing moment for me. That was one of my favorite memories. Okay. And then we get done and, um, you know, Yashica has won. So Gordon had voted for me to stay. Um, then you have the other two judges who voted for her. OK. And so they didn't show him saying that he voted for me to stay. But what they did show was him saying, Sean, it's clear that you were born to serve your community, but it's also clear that you were born to cook. And that for me was when I was like, maybe this is not just a hobby. Maybe this is something that I can I can do a lot more with and, and hopefully make a difference at the same time. Wow. Yeah.
1: Would you do it again?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, I've been on other shows that were like, you know, the experience is 100% different. Um, And I'd love to be on, you know, future shows. I think they'd be a lot of fun. But MasterChef was pretty special. Okay. Um, That, for me, is the start of the journey. A lot of people walked away mad. They they thought, you know, I never want to do anything like this again. Uh, But I really had a great experience overall.
1: All right. So you you compete. You don't win at all. Yeah. You come back here. And now we're sitting in a restaurant.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you weren't a professional chef. Yep. Now you're running a restaurant. That had to go smooth. I yeah, mean, no, right. no, no problems at all. <laughs> what? Uh, so Gordon gave you this praise. Yeah. And I think that might have been the, 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 you know, the final tumbler in the lock. And you're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do this. Yep. But it's not like you just called up a, a, a strip mall and said, Hey, I'd like to rent that spot. Right. How, so how did you, what, what did you put together that is evolved into where we're at right now?
0: Yeah, so it's been a, you know, we, we, we call ourselves Fat Pastor Productions because it's not just a restaurant. Um, it's, there's so much more to what we do, um, and it started out that way. It was a couple of years before we even started okay. a restaurant, um, but we came back, um, talked with some friends um, in church. So some of my pastoral staff and I got together and people who eventually became my partners, but we got together and we said, you know, we could do something with this. And we're kind of watching, kind of watching, trying to see what we're going to do. And I couldn't talk about being on the show for a year. So it's kind of just a long process of waiting until it airs, you know, and doing all that. So about the time that it was about to air, Yakima was going through a really hard time. There's a lot of murders that were taking place. And it's, again, one of the reasons why Yakima gets bad rap. You hear about a lot of the bad stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I, as a pastor, I got called to this meeting of a bunch of different leaders in the valley that were coming together at one of the big bigger churches in town. So they get the mayor on the stage, you get the chief of police on the stage, you get some other people, prosecuting attorney on stage. And they're talking about all of this stuff. And then they open up the mic. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening. And all of a sudden, people are going up and they're just talking— nonstop about whose fault it is. So pointing the fingers, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. If you would have done this, you would have done this. And I have this revelation as I'm, as I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, the problem is not the problem. The problem is that it's not my problem. And until I stop pointing fingers at everybody else, I'm not going to do anything. And I'm like, how do I, how do I make this my problem? You know, Um, I'm at a place where I love my city. I want to be here. You know, I had moved out for a couple of years, but I want to be here now if I'm going to be here, I got to do something. Okay. And so this guy gets up and starts talking about a program for youth called um, Y pal. And so Yakima police activities league. Um, he's like, you know, we have all these kids that come here. we are like 300 kids a week. And he said, it's in the worst park in town, biggest amount of violence. He goes, we're right there with these kids. He goes, you know, all of you people who are yelling about all the problems, he goes, it'd be nice if you came and help us uh, because we have a boxing ring. He said, we've got a computer lab. We've got study rooms. We've got a big kitchen. And I went, okay. And so I'm listening and I'm like, maybe there's something there. And so that's how our first program was born. Um, I got together with a, another local chef and then a business leader here in town. And I said, why don't we start a program for kids where we can bring them in, teach them business and culinary skills, and then let them run their own restaurant for three nights at the end of the time. And they're like, that sounds like a lot of fun. And so we, uh, we created our program urban kitchen. We launched it a couple months later with incredible success. Um, thanks to the community I mean the people really got behind us rallied around us so that we could do this um we're right now in the middle of our fifth class and so we're getting ready to graduate the fifth group of kids how so,
1: many how many kids are in this in this round
0: right now we've got 14 kids that are signed up which is perfect that's about all we can take in here and about so, age group uh, we take them anywhere from 10 to 18 most of these kids are like 13 to 17 okay so yeah
1: and so what what do you think would be next for them after they get out of your out of this program you know, are they working are they going? Yeah. 13 to 17. Right. Little young to work. Absolutely. So what's you're teaching a whole bunch of skills. Yeah. Disguised as cooking. Let's be real.
0: Absolutely. So. But you teach them to cook. Yeah. I mean, what what are they going on to do? It it really varies. So some of the kids are like, we want to stay connected. We've had some kids come back and take another round um, because they want to keep going. Um, more than anything though, we want to build relationships. And so the idea behind this is that we give the kids a place where they can come. They're welcome. They know that they're going to be accepted. They're going to be loved and taken care of. Um, and if they want to cook, they're going to have a lot of fun cooking. They want to learn business. They're going to learn some good skills. If that's as far as it goes, we feel like we've done a really good job. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But for some of the kids they do, they want to keep going. We've hired some of the kids, um, as they got older, we've had a few that we hired to bring out with us and, you know, dishwashing or prep or whatever the case is there. Um, just giving them cool opportunities to do that. Yeah. What sort of,
1: what sort of skills are you teaching? Like, what are you teaching them? Um, knife work? You yeah. teach them, you know. Or- are they learning how to do specific dishes? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you what are you teaching them?
0: Yeah, so it's it really it starts out with, you know, safety sanitation. So we bring in the food department and they will give the kids their health cards. So we go through that. Okay. Then we go through knife skills. Um, we teach them about, you know, baking skills. Um, we've got them talking about putting flavors together and how is it that you take, you know, what flavors go together and how can you manipulate that? We give them a lot of room to go crazy and just kind of experiment because we found that, in the midst of their wild ideas, some of it works. <laughs> and so and some, of really it's object, yeah. some of it's
1: abject failures, which, exactly, is, yeah. which is kind yeah. of fun, too. Yep. There's something yep. wrong with that. Okay, yep.
0: We learned from yep. that. We've got a local food critic who came in for a burger challenge the kids did. And uh-huh. so he uh, he comes in, and he walked away, and he's like, dang it, these kids are doing better burgers than some of the places in town. So what were blown the ki- away.
1: What were the kids coming up with for the burger so challenge? The,
0: you know, they're doing just really, they're doing like their own sauces. They're doing blends of meat, you uh-huh. know, the toppings that they're putting on them. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the winning kid did. Um, but it was really impressive and okay. we're like man this is awesome yeah that's cool it's really cool and sometimes it's just a matter of you you did the technique right you know you you cooked it right you formed mm-hmm. it right it's not chewy you know I mean things like that sometimes it's just a matter of you just did a really good job of the technical skills sure Um, which is good so that you're
1: on your fifth version of
0: this right now yeah how long how, how long is the course
1: Are you or before we hit record you said you might be changing it a little bit
0: no so the the course is it started out as three months and then we realized that wasn't enough time so we then bumped it up to four months okay so yep. four months yep yeah so that's awesome yeah
1: and that's how, how can kids how can people find out more about it
0: yeah so for, if, if you want to know more about urban kitchen you go to urban okay um and there's a lot of information there people have kids that want to be involved we'd love for them to sign up for future classes okay um it's a lot of fun okay, yeah cool yeah so you started with that yep Yep. All right. But yet we're still sitting somewhere else. So yep. what was next? So we realized that we needed to have an avenue to funnel some money back into Urban Kitchen. <laughs> what? Um, and so, again, for, for for us at this point, we're like, let's just do some things. We're all pastoring the church, right? So mm-hmm. that's our job. Um, but, but we're not making full-time salaries. So we're like, how can we make a little extra money? Um, what if we started an underground dining club? And we're like, that could be fun, you know? And nobody else is doing that in town and not a lot happening, you know, even around the country, you know, that you know about. And so... We're like, well, shoot, we're pastors. We can't really do a, a legal underground dining club. So how do we do this? And so uh, we talked to the, the health department because they loved our program with the kids. They're like, we're going to help you figure this out. We don't know how to do this, but we're going to help you figure it out. Um, and so they crafted um, a plan for us to even be legal. And so we became one of the first legal underground dining clubs in the country, um, which was cool.
1: I got to tell you, the yeah. word legal and underground I don't <laughs> quite go together. It's I not mean, quite as
0: cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep. It's like having your mom there for your first tattoo, right? It's not as cool. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one.
1: How how did the health department, I mean, they worked with you, which is awesome. Yeah. So, what did walk me through that because I'm I'm always curious how these things get started. Yeah.
0: Yeah, how did l- l- walk through the beginning of this club? So, and by the way, share the name of the club. So, it's called Bites Club. Um, I love and that. so, uh, Bite Club's fun. Uh, we wanted to, uh, you know, be the thing that you know nobody talks about, bike Club. Well, so I we love want how you What know, when you think about club, it, right? your yeah. fat pastor and Bite Club, they're
1: kind yeah. of really close to, yeah, you know, you know, common <laughs> phrases. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. So, nobody talks about Bite yep. Club, which yeah. makes it hard to grow. Yep. But that was the thing. We we're like, don't talk about bike Club, but you know, please, please talk about bike Club. Right. Um, and so. <laughs> Uh, so we worked with the health department we said you know this is our plan we want to go out and we want to do it in various venues and different places and we have to have a you know if you're going to do that you have to treat it like catering and that's really how they ultimately kind of crafted it it is like specialized catering okay so we're doing five course meals that we're charging anywhere from 100 to 150 dollars a person um finding places where we can do you know wine pairings with wineries and things like that or places that are you know License to do that um and so we're like you know we gotta we gotta just kind of kick it off and see if it works and so we sent out some emails we did a like very small promotion um and before we knew it, we had people who were signing up and we're like Uh oh this this is working Uh what are Uh we gonna do you know um and so our first event with like a month notice um our first event we had 13 people who showed up that are still part of our club today um and it it worked. People were so excited about the food. I mean, we had some crazy experiences because again, like you said, we're not classically, none of us are classically trained chefs. We have one classically trained chef on our team um, who runs the restaurant here and also is the head chef for urban kitchen. Okay. Um, but other than that, we're all like, this is a passion for us, right? Um, there's a lot of ups to that. There's a lot of downs to that because the upside is you get high creativity. The downside is sometimes you get low technical when you're first starting. Um, so we're fighting to learn how to do this together. Right. Um, And so it starts gaining traction and we're like, shoot, this is working. Um, And before long, we just have a growing list of people who want to be a part of this bike club. And that's um, where we spent most of our effort for the first year or so is between Urban Kitchen and Bike Club. Um, But because of the success of those things, um, we started having people say, well, what about catering? You know, can you can you do big events for us? And we're like, let's try it. And that started taking off and that really blew up. Um, And before long, we're doing huge events. And so it was, again, it was about a year and a half or two years, I guess, into it that we looked at each other and we're like, do we want to do a restaurant? Um, and our first answer was no. Um, we knew we knew that's going to be a lot of work. Uh, but this building kind of came open and kind of was highlighted for us. And we're like, let's try it. Let's see what happens. So we opened up our first restaurant a month before COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant timing. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Well, let's I want to I want to keep going back to to bike club. For sure. A so how often? Well. In in a non COVID
0: world, how's that?
1: How often was bike club happening?
0: Yeah, so it was happening every month. Okay, we have anywhere from one to three events, um, depending on interest and what people wanted to do. Wow, Um, and just coming up with different ideas, you know. And again, it was before we had all the other things that were going on, so we had more time to pour into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was a little bit easier than trying to do that with everything we're doing now. Um but yeah we we'd highlight global flavors most of the time you know that's that's my big excitement in in food is global okay. um my partner is Gilbert and he's from um from Zambia okay. and so he's got an amazing global um flair as well I'm incredibly gifted when it comes to the technical skills which again for somebody who isn't classically trained is pretty awesome um and just putting his, those flavors together is great Um, So we were working really hard together to create something. We had another chef that was working with us at the time, Lada, who was um, unbelievable in the dessert realm. And so she's gone on to some different things now. But, man, starting that out with her was amazing because of her her gift for for dessert, which is phenomenal.
1: At the time that we're recording this, which is late November 2021, is Bite Club happening? Yeah. Can, can we yeah. talk about I mean, is it yeah, underground? Absolutely. Is yeah. it
0: underground? Can we talk? I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no. It's it's <laughs> underground, but not underground, okay. right? Yeah. So just don't tell anybody. All okay. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so we got the website, fatpastor.com, and that's where Bike Club is is stationed at. You can click okay. on, on Bike Club when you see it. But what's really cool about Bike Club right now is that I'm. Um, a few years ago, we went to the World Food Championships for the first time, and we competed there. We competed in the burger category. We won the 23rd best burger in the world, um, which was super cool um, for never having competed before. Came back, um, started doing these burger events and different things, and kind of captured the attention of the, uh, the owner of the World Food Championships. And so I'll never forget, I was sitting in the parking lot of Fred Meyer when I got an email saying, hey, Sean, this is Mike McLeod from World Food Championships. I've been following you guys for a while. I love this bike club model. I want to talk about it with you because I think maybe we could take this national. Um, and so for the last two years, we've been having that conversation. As of the summer, we signed papers with the World Food Championships to take Bike Club National as another concept um, for food sport and qualifying people to be part of the World Food Championships. So it's going to look a little bit different than what we first started with. Um, but now we're taking that to the next level and in introducing food sport as well as fine dining. All right. All right.
1: Food sport. Yeah. I don't know that I ever thought of those two words going <laughs> together. <laughs> two of my favorite words combined. Right. It's yeah. like what dude, chocolate and peanut butter. That Okay. Yeah. Walk me through what this new iteration is going to look like.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're going to, so our team is going to just continue to maintain Washington State. Okay. Um, and we're going to continue to do our normal five course meals and all of that and make it just fun. No sport involved. But the other opportunities that we're bringing into it is going to be an additional concept called throwdowns. And so in the throwdowns, we're bringing in two local chefs, one celebrity chef who comes in to fight against each other with three courses and to see who wins. Uh, they get a grand prize at the end of the night, which is a thousand dollar check. But they also get entry into the, uh, the next year's World Food Championships. And so it's, we've done a couple of them here um, since we launched this year. Um, and uh, now we're going to be focusing on continuing to have those opportunities, but also growing that throughout the rest of the country.
1: So this throwdown, how yeah. many people will they be cooking
0: food for? So you've got 40 guests and you've got three judges. So we're telling them small plates. Mm-hmm. We give them a theme. The themes that we've had in the past um, have been Pacific Northwest. Um, we did a... Um, Oh, gosh, we did a duck bacon uh, challenge, which was really fun. Um, They had to somehow incorporate duck bacon into their dishes um, with uh, D'Artagnan. And so we um, we bring people in. You have the 40 guests, You get your three main judges. So the 40 diners act as uh, a conglomerate vote. So after each round, we ask for their vote. And collectively, um, whoever has the most votes wins that point. Okay. And then each of the three judges get a point. Okay, And so they will vote for their top favorite. And so the person who has the most votes at the end of three rounds um, ends up going to, um, to win the prize and to compete at the World Food Championships.
1: And these are going to be national?
0: Yeah. Yeah, these are actually international. Uh, the Food Championships brings people in from all over the world. Wow. Um, it's absolutely incredible. So the Bike Club Throwdown concept as um, soon as we hit 2022, it's like go time. And so we're, we're not even sure hundred percent of what all that, that all looks like yet. Um, but the world food, they're taking the lead on, on, you know, running that. And then we just backing them up and make sure they have the support they need. Is it, mm. Yeah. So looking at expanding throughout Washington for us. And so eventually getting into Spokane, into Seattle, into, um, some of those areas, Vancouver, right. um, where we can really build this up and make it something fun throughout the entire state. So where will these be held at in theory? So here um, we have the the lab space. So where you're sitting right now, um, this has been a phenomenal space for us. So we did one here. We also are talking to restaurants because it's a cool opportunity for restaurants to do something different and to gain some um, different support from the community. Um, For instance, if you take a restaurant that closes at 10 and then we say, okay, now we're gonna have this event from 10 o'clock until one o'clock. And so late night, really fun, feels a little more underground. Right. Um, So you have these events, we let the restaurant run the service side of things as far as the bar. So they make money off of the bar, um, which is so far has been really positive. The restaurants that we've worked with have been really happy with the outcome. Um, And then, you know, we have the competition going on back in the house in the kitchen at the same time. So yeah. (laughs) So how do I get hooked up with this? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, this sounds awesome. All right. So, yeah, again, if people are excited about this, you know, a membership with Bike Club through us gets you everything. So $150 a year um, is membership. Okay. And then with that, you get invited to all of these events that are going on. Now, each event has a price tag associated sure. with it. Um, but you get to be a part of the email list that gets you into these events. Nobody okay. can just walk in. Nobody
1: can walk in. So yeah. it's, an, it's a, I don't want to say exclusive club, but it's a private club.
0: We, we say that, you know, yeah. that's part of our marketing is right. exclusive. Exclusive, extravagant, extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yep. What was on the last menu of the last fight club? Oh, gosh, what did they do? So there was some really cool stuff. I I know the. uh, Oh, goodness. I'm gonna have to think. So we brought in Yashika, who is my competitor um, from uh, MasterChef. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, she didn't win, which was really funny because and I, and I say that um, because of the fact that she had so much that was coming with her, not because the other chefs, I wasn't expecting them. Right. So, um, but just simply because she's a real competitor, you know, she, right. she's strong. Um, and uh, she made a shrimp and grits dish that was absolutely incredible. And she used the duck bacon as a topping. Um, there was candied duck bacon in the desserts that they made. Um, Mm -hmm. there was a mushroom dish in the very beginning that they incorporated some of that duck bacon into the other competitors. The, the winner of that event though, her name is Tammy Hoffert. Um, and she is a local chef. She's had food trucks. She's worked in a few different places. Um, but she brought it that night and she took home the win. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I believe her plan is to compete in next year's world food championships. So, okay. Yeah. Yep.
1: Now we're sitting in what was called is called the lab.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Currently, yep.
1: it's transitioning. Yep. But this is where bike Club happens. This is where the, the training Trading kitchen. Yep, t- get, All of these things are happening. This is the hub. Mm-hmm. But you have another restaurant down in, in Zillow. I always oh. want to say Zillow. I just yeah. don't know why. But it's not Zillow, folks. It's
0: Zillow. Yep. Um,
1: let's talk about that. Because Zilla is pretty
0: cool. Zilla is a small town, but fun fact, there was a church there for the longest time. They just changed their name in the last few years, but it was the Church of Godzilla. Um, Absolutely (laughs) incredible. So (laughs) one of my favorite Zilla facts. Um, Oh, my gosh. But uh, (laughs) so, you know, that that area of eastern Washington is just filled with amazing uh, wineries. Um, So we've got we've just got Rattlesnake Hills there, the AVA, um, that they're producing just phenomenal wines. And so we are at J. Bell Cellars um, owned by Weston, Natasha Teslow. Um, amazing Ukrainian couple. Um, And so they have been friends for a long time. And so last year in the middle of all the COVID stuff that was going on, we're going, you know, we got to find solutions for everybody, right? And so we're sitting out there with, with them one day and they're like, you know, we got this kitchen and we can only serve outside right now, which is perfect. Um, because their whole entire concept is mostly outside. Okay. Um, they're like, we we should do something. We're like, maybe we should do something. And so we uh we launched in July of last year Il Grasso. And Il Grasso is Italian for the fat. And so we thought that that'll play well with us. Um and so we started uh <laughs> Pacific Northwest Italian cuisine restaurant. Um, everything based out of a wood fired oven. And so we 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 uh we've been there for about a year and a half now. It's been awesome.
1: Okay. Yeah. But before we hit record you're kind of going on a hiatus due to to winter, if you yeah. will. Yep. So what's the last day? Just I want to give yeah. context for people who are listening to this. Sure. Like December 18th of 2021, you're
0: going to... Yeah, so December turn the eight- lights
1: off for a few weeks. Yeah. So December
0: eighteenth <laughs> is our last day of service at Il Grosso for the public. Mm-hmm. Um December nineteenth, we're hosting a special event. We're calling it like a chef's table. Um and so it's gonna be similar to bike club really high-end food that we're doing. Um we're doing Feast of the Seven Fishes, which is which is a classic Italian feast. Okay. Um so seven courses um with wine pairings and uh it's it's gonna be really fun we're we're bringing in a whole bunch of really unique food um it's gonna be a blast so that's gonna be our our last day but it's a special event a ticketed event right yeah and And then we'll open back up in february in february okay
1: so if you're listening to this between you know january and february folks don't go but go after february (laughs) you're wearing a lot of hats you're spinning a lot of plates whatever other corny you know stories i want to say here
0: are you having fun you know, it really is fun. There's a lot of things that aren't fun. I mean, the grind is is tough and COVID has not been easy. Um, and so <laughs> I I will not paint any pretty pictures about, about COVID. Um, it's been a tough season. The thing for us um, that I think has been the most difficult is wanting to honor the, uh, the expectations as far as the masks and the restrictions and things like that. That's really important to us. We have mm-hmm. dear people that have been affected by COVID. So we've taken that incredibly serious. Um, while watching other people in the restaurant industry just kind of freaking out and being like, we're going to do whatever we want because we, we can't afford to shut down. And I get that, too. Mm-hmm. So living between those two worlds has been really tough of wanting to honor those who are a little bit more at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, trying to feel like we have to we have to fight to keep our, our restaurants open, too, because sure. we have a family. You know, we got yeah. to take care of each other. So, yeah,
1: you know, it's, yeah. it's been an interesting I haven't used the word pivot in a few episodes, but it's everyone's pivoted you know, yeah. and are spun around and fallen down. I don't know how you want to say it. It's right. been it's been interesting watching people adapt in yeah. all industries. The food industry has been really interesting for me to watch, because when I think about, you know, outdoor dining. Mm-hmm. A lot of places didn't have it, you know, in like down in Walla Walla, they blocked off the street. Yeah. They accommodate, yeah. they made, made accommodations. Yep. Um, in, in Wenatchee, there's, there's outdoor seating now and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that, that to, to accommodate. My wife and I went out to dinner for our anniversary in January. So, okay. okay. And we went to a, a place in Wenatchee and we sat in a greenhouse. Out okay. <laughs> and, you know, and it was a greenhouse. So it was this, you know, your own personal bubble yeah and but it's january and they had a heater going and it was different yeah it was on wenatchee avenue so there was the my biggest objection to the whole thing was you could really hear this the the semis going so it was here it is our anniversary we were, we were out trying to have a nice dinner and i'm <laughs> but you know they adapt yeah what kind of I want to ask you what's next because you're not going to, you're not going to unveil that and I don't want you to, but what's kind of next? What what do you hope if I asked you to go five years from now? Yeah. What's your vision? What does, does like, what do you want to see out five years from now?
0: You know, I, I really believe that Yakima in this region. And if anybody's listening from someplace else, don't take it the wrong way, but I really believe that we can be the epicenter of food culture in the Pacific Northwest because you've got the beer, you got the wine and the food is stepping up and we're working really hard to step up the food. Um, I think that when you bring all of those things together really well, we've seen what a difference that's made in other places. Right. What about Walla Walla Walla, which is much smaller than Yakima? What about Napa? You know, these places where it works perfectly together. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of similarities, I think. And I don't see, you know, with the agriculture that we have. Gosh, there's no reason why we can't be at the very center of everything food in the Pacific Northwest. That's what I would love to see in in the future is that you have people coming from all over the place to visit Yakima because it is a food and drink destination. Um, And I think it's happening, but I think it's going to continue to grow exponentially.
1: Okay, Yeah. For for you,
0: what would you like to see your role in that? being, you know, five years down the road. What is, what
1: is the, you know, what's it look like?
0: You know, I, I love making a difference in in people's lives and so cooking the food is fun. Uh I don't feel like I need to be back in the kitchen, you know, for the rest of my life. I see creating concepts and helping those concepts launch and, and, and really move forward strongly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't want to be back cooking the food the entire time. I want to, I want to create menus. I want to help people get excited about their own menus, um, and create an opportunity for people to, to blow up themselves. You know, I think the thing for me is that being on master launched something, um, that I don't know if anything else really could have. Um, but I feel like if that doesn't get spread to my community, so that other people can rise up as well, I don't know if it's that if it's that great. You know, uh, any any kind of um, grace, if you will, that you experience in your life has got to be sent out to others. Other people have to experience it. Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. I want to ask you some questions, and I thought about this one long and hard. You can't say Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that's okay. you can't. <laughs> if you could watch. A chef work. I'd almost say like take a cooking lesson, if you will. Sure. Who would it be?
0: And what would you want to see them do? So I uh, this is a fun one because I, I was invited. I'm I, It's been postponed a couple times due to COVID. But one of my favorite chefs in the world, not Gordon Ramsay. He's incredible. But one of my favorite chefs in the world is uh, Chef Massimo Batura. OK. Um, and so he runs the number one restaurant in the world. Several times he's won that. Um, and also best chef in the world several times. So he's in Modena, Italy. Um, and I was invited to go cook with him and stay at his property for three days. Um, should have happened already. Now it's been postponed to May of of next year because of COVID. Um, but I'll be cooking with him in May um, in Italy. And that for me, it still doesn't even feel real. Like it's a done deal. Everything's set in place, but it feels so... Unbelievable to think that that's going to happen. So he's the for me. He's my top chef. In fact, uh, wow. my my son is he's six. He's about turned seven, and he uh, he loves food. Loves the food culture. Okay. He knows a lot about food culture. And so our dear friend uh, Chief Murray here in town is the chief of police. Um, her, his granddaughter was in town, so he took Asher out uh, with his granddaughter to go play at the trampoline park. And he texts me and he goes, "So uh, Asher and I are having a unique conversation." <laughs> I said, "Oh, really?" And he goes, "Yeah." He's you know he's telling me that Chef Massimo is the best chef in the world when it's it's clearly Thomas Keller. So.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but I get it. My son gets it. But so, did uh, your son win the argument? Exactly. Is he right, the, yeah. he, the kid's yep. winning. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> In his mind, I'm sure he did. So. Okay. <laughs> Do you
1: like to cook at home?
0: Yeah, very much so. You know, it's hard sometimes too, but absolutely. Yeah.
1: So yep. painting a scenario, it's Saturday morning. You've got nothing on your schedule. Yeah. What's your go-to Saturday morning like if you're going to cook for the family, yeah, what, what, what would you be serving? Do you think,
0: you know, I love, I really love brunch food. And so breakfast to me as a kid never was that exciting. Um, but there's something about brunch, that transition, you know, when you get a little bit of the best of both worlds that I really enjoy. Um, and so my son loves my fried chicken. So I'm probably going to do chicken and waffles. Um, there's a good chance that, you know, on top of the waffles, we may do, you know, some other crazy stuff and just make it a big pile up of, uh, eggs and bacon and, you know, bacon jam. Um, and, uh, maybe a little avocado, some goat cheese in there, you know, drizzle it with some balsamic. That for me is a really good Saturday morning breakfast. Your son will eat this. Absolutely. He's very adventurous. No, he's super adventurous. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Yep. He's always asking about different things, wants to try new things. So,
1: all right. Now putting you on the spot, you know, What's your, I don't know, how do I want to say this, you know, Kraft macaroni and cheese or some, you know, some processed box food. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It, you got
0: one? Is there Oh, one? absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Top ramen without question. Um, I, uh, I'll i buy a, several bags, 99 cent bags of Oriental top ramen. and I'm in heaven, man. I guess you call it soy sauce now. I think they had to change that. But um, so, so the, uh, that's what I grew up on, man. Every day after school, I'd come home and have a bag of top ramen. It's yeah. still, man, that is guilty pleasure food without question. Yeah. Yep. top ramen. Yeah. <laughs> that got me through college. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. When
1: we didn't worry about. It's a to the world. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's amazing. Back then it was like six cents a pack. And, yeah. I mean, it was super cheap even then. You know, yep. it, it, I don't know what it is now. I haven't bought ramen in a while, but. Yeah. I remember this. I was, I went to Central. Okay. And uh, a girl I was dating uh, lived in Seattle. And so we went over to Seattle for the weekend and, and uh, she goes, oh, we should go to Wajimaya. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never been to Wajimaya before. Oh. And so we go into Watchamaya down in the International District. This was before the big remodel. so But it was still a very good-sized store, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, you know, not a full-blown Safeway, but three-quarters sure. of a Safeway-sized store. It was yeah. a big store. And I just, all I can remember is they have a row, an aisle of ramen. <laughs> it was just this, it was like, and I'm like, this is before cell phones and all this stuff. Yeah. And I, I come back to come back to college, and I'm like, to my roommate, Ken, you won't believe this, they had a, a, an aisle <laughs> of of ramen. It was amazing. That that's was, awesome.
0: That's my takeaway from <laughs> Um All right. Yeah. Coffee? Yes? No? Absolutely. Yeah, no. All I'm right. Northwest through and through, man. So, <laughs> Where's some good coffee here in town? I would I would send you to Mac Daddy Coffee, okay. uh, first and foremost. Um, there's actually a new spot that just opened up. I'm going to try and check out today. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Mac Daddy, uh, owned by a guy named Mark Shervey. Um, he roasts his own coffee here in town. It's separate from the uh, from the coffee shop, mm-hmm. um, but he does some incredible things. He's really a forward thinker when it comes to coffee. And so he's thinking through coffee cocktails and, you know, how can you mix things together in a certain way? Um, my favorite beans now, his his regular beans are really good from all over the world. He roasts them phenomenally, but he's got a bourbon soaked um, bean that is phenomenal and a tequila soaked bean that is phenomenal. Both of those are off the charts. I've had his bourbon soaked beans and delicious. Yeah tequila soaked huh so i just happen to have some beans here i'm gonna let you smell them okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump away here okay we're gonna pause folks while he goes and gets
1: some (laughs) tequila
0: roasted coffee beans incredible
1: okay oh i don't even need to yeah (laughs) right wow
0: (laughs) so when did he start doing this uh you know i think i first saw the tequila beans probably about a year ago And then one of his baristas created a drink called the tequila firewater. And so it's a coffee drink, but it's absolutely incredible. It's it's uh, it's got the tequila soaked beans um, and then they mix it, you know, latte style with the shots. And then you got everything, you know, so they put it in there, whatever else they do. Um, But it's it's excellent. If you're if you're ever near Mac Daddy, definitely check out the bourbon beans, but also get the tequila firewater drink. So tequila firewater. Yeah. Okay. (laughs)
1: What do you and the family like to do in Yakima when you're not
0: doing all the other things that you're doing? Yeah, you know what's what yeah. is
1: it? What's what's around here that you enjoy?
0: I, I, you know, I love the fact that we can, you know, just drive 20 minutes one way and be in the mountains. 20 minutes the other way, you're in you know a little bit more high desert. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going towards the high desert, you've got the wineries that are out there, and we'll you know everybody in the wine industry has done a really pretty good job of making it family friendly. So our kids love to go with us, you know, we'll go out and they'll run around and play and have a great time on the property while we can taste some wine and hopefully experience some new things or just, you know, unwind. The other side of that is just going up into the mountains and being able to experience the incredible camping, the incredible hiking, um, going up to Mount Rainier and it just, it's, it doesn't take that much time and it's mm. the best. It's incredible.
1: And to get to Rainier from here is a great drive. Oh yeah. It's a great drive.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I'm so used to living on the West side, going up that way. It was kind of, you know, not that Rainier is boring per se, but sure. I mean, I grew up with it, you know, it was always there except for when it was cloudy, but the point is going up the way we used to go. Yeah. Okay. The other few months ago, we went up this way, went up mm-hmm. Chinook, totally different view. Yeah far superior in my opinion Yep. but let's talk about wineries for a second sure who's who's doing some interesting wine in the area because i'm not yeah a, my i'm not a wine guy mm-hmm. um I, I i would not be the person you would take wine tasting because i might like the Franzia better than the really you know the, something that was actually yeah grapes Yep.
0: but who's but i appreciate all of this so who's doing some good wine in the area so J-Bell, I mean, it's a little self-serving because that's where our restaurant's at. But I, I mean, honestly, like that's one of the reasons we were so excited because we are crazy about his wine. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he's able to put his flavors together is so special. It tastes like you're drinking a crazy expensive bottle and his bottles aren't necessarily cheap, but we're not talking Napa prices. We're talking for me. It's Napa quality, not Napa prices. So uh, what's, what's awesome?
1: What is he? Reds? Whites? What's yeah, it, mostly reds. Most he are... does a
0: couple couple whites. Um, oh. He's got a LeBlanc. He's got a Fumé Blanc, um, but his Syrah is unbelievable okay. um he uses sunridge grapes to make the best cabernet sauvignon ever um and uh, and so those are great he just he does a uh, merlot that he calls it's a merlot mix called elevage which is great I don't, i'm not crazy about merlot mm-hmm. um, but his is awesome um yeah so he's doing some really cool stuff and just the way that he's able to craft those flavors together it's it's pretty impressive well
1: let's let's shift to to beer because of all the hops sure. around here. Who's, yeah. who's
0: doing good beer? Um, Kalwich Canyon, or Kawichy Creek, excuse me, is phenomenal. Um, Wandering Hop is awesome. Um, those are two of my favorites. And then of course, there's Bale Breaker. Everybody knows about Bale Breaker. Um, and so I can't not not mention those guys. Um, those are, Kawichy's probably my number one. If I'm oh. going to pick a place to go and hang out for the day, it's going to be Kawichy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Why is that? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, Derek is really good at his um, same thing. You know, the way that he cares about... Um, the science the technology behind the the beer making it's not just throwing a bunch of stuff together and hoping it turns out good like he's very very careful and he's very committed to putting out a product that is fantastic so good are you a cider fan i do yeah i like ciders yeah okay so
1: so if i put you on the spot and and this is not a fair question i fully acknowledge not fair you can only pick one wine Mm -hmm. beer or cider what would you pick wine you pick one. Yep, okay. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So yep. let's talk cider.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on here yeah. with cider that you're, you're finding interesting.
0: So you get Titan Cider Works, of course. Yep. Um, that's the obvious one. I, I wouldn't say that I know a whole lot of others beyond that at this point. Um, that's the one that definitely stands out to me. And I think their, their product's awesome because it's yeah. all local, local yep. stuff. You know, what's
1: funny is that I asked you that question. Then I realized I go, other than Titan yeah. in the Yakima area, yeah. that's really all that I'm yep. aware of. It seems like, Chelan, Wenatchee, Ellensburg, Vale—we have lots of cider places up sure. there. Yeah, down here though, which is just as close to the fruit as we are, I'm only aware mm. of Tyatyan. That almost seems like a, a yeah. deficiency.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and I think you're right. I think there's definitely opportunity. Yeah, you know? yeah. Opportunity. Somebody knows what they're doing. He can do right. some cool stuff. Yeah, yep. I want to go back to Bite Club because sure. I'm, I'm
1: personally intrigued. So here in this space, what mm-hmm. what time does this thing happen?
0: So we, you know, we've done them all over the place. So we've done them late at night, which is a little tough for Yakima. Um, Across the country in big cities, we'll probably see more late night events. But in Yakima, I think we're probably looking at about a six o'clock start time. Okay. Um, Sometime during the week, um, because that's the easiest time to utilize, you know, different spaces. Right. Um, Weekends are hard, obviously, because you've got restaurants that are very busy on the weekends. Um, And so, yeah, you start them around six o'clock. They go for about, you know, two to three hours. Um, It's very timed. Everything has to be under a certain time frame. So it's easy to get in and get out. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it is food is sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And people are very serious about it. It's, we've found that the competitions have been very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of that, you know, arrogant, you know, mean <laughs> personality you'll see on TV shows sometimes. But um, people really are good at working together and you have to, because if you're in the space in the back, um, there's not a lot of room to work. You don't have you don't have master chef kitchens around here, you know. Um, so is it just yeah. one
1: chef or are they allowed to bring a uh, help?
0: Yeah. So each team is uh, comprised of up to three people. Okay. So chef and two assistants. Um, so, yeah. So you got nine people back there working.
1: And do the, do the chefs get to come out and explain what yep. they're... Okay, so, yeah. the, so part of it's selling the crowd on, yeah.
0: on this whole thing. So
1: yep. not it's not just
0: food or presentation, it's, it's the story. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you get to really interact with people. And I think, again, we've heard so many times, and we've done this from the very beginning... Our team is so relational that we want to interact. I don't want to just stay back in the kitchen and send my food out. Like I want to come talk to people. Sure. And my team is the same way. Um, so when we have the opportunity to interact with people, tell them the story. I'm, I'm really convinced of this and I'd love to try it out sometime. I think it'd be fun to do a little test, but to have a group of people, two different groups of people. And you can take the same exact food to both sets of people. But with the with the other group, tell them the story. Mm-hmm. And tell them why you made, you know, the food that you made. And I guarantee you the reviews oh. are going to be Off the charts, different. I wouldn't
1: take that bet. i totally agree with you. Right, because story sells. Absolutely, no matter what it is, we want to know the story of of what we're eating. We want to know the story of what we movies. Yeah, they're telling stories. We're engaged. Absolutely. No, I absolutely. You could. could, It'd be that would be kind of a. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the outcome. Right, but it would be kind of fun to. You know. Yep. The cone of silence, if you will, yeah. around people. And they don't get to see that you're yep. coming out talking to the other group. Yep. It's just here here's your food. Yep. Same presentation, same weight staff even. I mean exactly. the same everything. Boom, boom, but boom. No boom. interaction. Yep. And then you, on the other hand, are sitting over there explaining this. Yeah. Yep. I I I wouldn't bet you on it. Yeah. I mean, I would take that bet <laughs> if somebody wanted to argue with me, right. but I wouldn't right. bet against you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you just don't get when you go out to eat. Right. Right. So when you go to a restaurant, you're not going to hear from the chef. He might come by and say hi, but you're not going to hear why he's excited about the food that he put in front of you. Right. Um, we love that. We love that.
1: You know, I, well, it does. It gives you, yeah, it's a connection. It's a different connection. And I think maybe that's why food at home for some of us, it's, it, you know, you were saying the story of your dad, right? right. We'll go circle back to the beginning of this sure. journey for you. You, it was a way for you to connect with your dad. You know? Yeah. And food and you know and you i'm sure you guys were talking while you were stuffing the turkey and all these things yep right yep now i think it's i think
0: it's really important important whenever i cook indian food i am i'm taken back to new jersey and it was again my first time away gotta man indian food from new jersey i mean I really come yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> you've got such an amazing culture there um and so she uh we connected on food a little bit all the time but she was a part of our church um and uh i come home one night and so here's, here's a little backstory. So she had a daughter who had gotten into quite a bit of trouble. Okay. There were times when, as a pastor, I went to visit with her daughter in jail with her, um, things like that. And so I'm, um, I'm living there at her home. And she tells me when I leave that morning, she's like, Hey, when you come back tonight, we're going to have a really good meal together. I went, like, okay. And so I get, I get back home and I walk in and I'm telling you, man, the place is filled up um, with the most incredible flavors. And she presents to me and there's nobody else there. Her husband's in the other room. I'm expecting she's going to sit down and eat with me. She doesn't. She just keeps cooking food and bringing it set in front of me, bringing food set in front of me. I'm like this is weird, but I'm really happy right now. <laughs> so, so we get that. She brings me the last thing. She sits down next to me and she looks at me real intently. And she goes, Sean, I said, yeah. And she goes, did you enjoy everything tonight? I said, yeah. I said, it was incredible. And she goes, you like my food? I said, yeah, it's amazing. And she goes, and you like my home? I said, yeah, this is a beautiful home. It's incredible. And she goes, Sean? I said, yeah. She goes, take my daughter. Please be her husband. Be her husband. <laughs> I will be your mother and you will be my son and everything that I have will be yours. <laughs> and I went, I got set up. <laughs> and so uh, I can't cook Indian food without thinking of that experience. But <laughs> but that's the story, right? Yeah, that's, see, that's... <laughs> Next time I have Indian food, I'm going to think of that story. Right. I mean, I'm totally going to be, my wife will look, why are you laughing? Oh, well, I mean, remind me of this. Oh, my God. Yep.
1: So this is completely out of context, but on your bio, I, there's one question I didn't ask you that I, I need to know. Something in 2019, you won a taco competition. Yeah,
0: the Taco Fest. Yep. yep. All right. I'm always scared to talk about this, but why? But okay, Okay. because you got a white guy who wins Taco Fest in Yakima. It's not a good, not a good look. Well, but. But no, well, no, actually,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> right. But
1: no, okay. So, what was? Tell me about Taco Fest. Yeah. First off, and then I want to know about the taco that you. You presented and you won with, yeah what was it
0: so we um we really entered this, you know because we knew it would be a lot of fun, and we absolutely love our Hispanic community here in town, and we thought, what a great way just to come together with everybody and people asked me, they said, "Are you going to do you know Mexican tacos?" I said heck no i said i 'm going to do something completely different I said, number one i don 't want to try and beat people at their own game, like I know that I will lose this competition um, number two, I think Let's just do the stuff that we're excited about and put it in taco form. And so the the tacos that we did were a chicken bon me taco. And so we did long marinated chicken thigh, grilled off, and then topped with pickled uh, pickled red onions um, and just a little bit of extra sauce over the top of that. Um, they were delicious, but they were the ones that ended up winning the day. Yeah. Okay, so now here's my question. It sounds awesome. Not
1: the type of taco that yeah I would think would be. So why do you think? How come the other I mean I'm I'm assuming the other tacos that were in the competition were excellent.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Yep. Doesn't that seem a little weird that that out of left field?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I just <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to try and tell you that I know why it worked that way. What I noticed that I thought was interesting is that the Hispanic community really loved our tacos. OK. And so maybe even for them, because there was a huge um, representation from the Hispanic community at Taco Fest. Um, they're the ones running the whole thing, you know, is <laughs> the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. OK. And so they they're the ones who are putting it out. And so we are serving people um, who, in my mind, I'm like, you know, we are we're, we're going to have a hard time because we're doing these Asian tacos, you know. But they just kept coming back. They really loved our tacos. And that's what really I, I, I say all of those things in jest um, simply because I think that our Hispanic community is so amazing and it's amazing enough to say we're welcoming everybody into this. And even if it's not a Mexican taco, we're going to honor it if we love it. You know, we're not going to push it to the wayside. And that was really special. You know, this community. In so many ways. I mean, it's just, it's the greatest place that I've ever lived. Um, and I, I know I grew up here. I love this because I'm from Yakima. Um, but truly, like, just the, uh, when you dig into the community and you see what the heart of the people is really like, Yakima is irresistible. And so when everybody's able to come together and to work together and honor each other and support each other, this place is, is the best.
1: I love, I love the fact that you care so obviously about the community, yeah, I love that yeah I do I feel like I haven't asked you something what what haven't I asked you <laughs> what 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 what's there that we you know how can we you know wrap this up what what's the cherry on top? What's the bow we're going to put on this package? What, what, did, what didn't I ask you?
0: You know, I hope, you know, more than anything, I hope people are able to take away that, you know, there, there are people that really love Yakima and are committed to Yakima and that the violence and, you know, that stuff is not the only thing to talk about. It's just not, um, and it's not the most important thing to talk about. People are working hard on those issues and we're doing everything we can to fix that. Um, amazing leaders doing incredible things, but, um, Yakima is a really fun place. There's a lot to do. And if you enjoy good food, you're going to find it. If you enjoy the agriculture, you're going to find it. If you enjoy beer you're going to find it. if you enjoy wine you're going to find it and you're going to have a really good time in the process you know growing up there was some CD bars and you know places that my parents would never ever have taken me to but it's so different now a lot of these places most of these places i would say are family friendly mm-hmm. and so you can really take your family out teach your kids about the valley teach them about the agriculture teach them about what we can find here um, and then you grow up having a totally different experience of yakima than if all you ever hear about is the negative stuff okay yeah why don't you tell people where they can find out more about you? Yeah, so visit us at uh, on on our website, which is thefatpastor.com. fatpastor.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at the Fat Pastor Yakima, and then on Instagram we are the dot Fat Pastor. Um, <laughs> so you can find us there. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll put links. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes for you. Yeah, there be. you go. We're, we're looking at um, looking at, at TikTok because you know that's a big deal. So TikTok scares me. But. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> well, thank you for
1: making the time today. I, thank you, Scott. I had a great time and I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pay my dues and join bike club. I think that's <laughs> that sounds awesome. But we won't talk about
0: that. That's right. No, maybe you just help us launch it in Wenatchee. There you go. You can do that. That'd be, be kinda of fun. That'd be kinda of fun. That'd be kinda of fun. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs>